If you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6, beginning at verse 18. Then the king went to his palace, passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste into the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me, for as much as before him innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken out, taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Can someone say amen to the reading of the word of God? Stretch your hand this direction today. I just kind of in a mood to shut the mouth of the lion this morning. Pray with me. Father, we come before you today and we thank you and praise you for the word of God. It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And Lord, we believe that it's going to accomplish great and mighty things. We have already been in your presence through this anointed worship and singing. And we believe today, God, that you're going to anoint your word, anoint your servant, anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to receive. May lives be touched and hearts be changed. May the kingdom of God be advanced and may the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified. We give you praise, glory, and honor for these things. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Shutting the mouth of the lion. There's a phrase that's found in verse 22 of chapter 6. And it's a very important phrase. And it's the words of Daniel when he said, For as much as before him, innocency was found in me. For as much as before God, innocency was found in me. Is your heart clean and your conscience pure this morning? Do you appear before the Lord on the Lord's day with clean hands and a pure heart? This coming July, I will have been preaching the gospel for 30 years. But I've only preached about Daniel and the lion's den just a very small 
handful of times. Maybe it is because it is one of the most powerful and well-known miracles of God's deliverance found in the Old Testament. And therefore, most know the story very well. But for those who don't, I want to take a few moments and recount this morning. Daniel and his three Hebrew friends, their names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were chosen by a Babylonian king where they and all of their people had been held captive. They were chosen to be taught the education and the language of the Babylonian people. The plan was to groom them and nourish them to fit in with the people where they were now forced to live. However, with great opportunity to advance politically, they refused to compromise their godly values no matter the cost. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says that Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. So I say first of all to you this morning that Daniel's conscience was clear because he refused the menu of the world. He was in the world as you and I are, but he was not of the world. He was being kept from the evil influences of the world. He was out from the world and part of a separate people, which is exactly what God calls every one of his children to do as well. You read further throughout Daniel's time in Babylonian captivity. And even though he was exalted by the hand of God, and he was in prominent positions, he never compromised who he was in the Lord. The king on two different occasions, the king's name was Nebuchadnezzar. And he had two different dreams and Daniel on both occasions interpreted the dreams and both of the interpretations of the dreams spoke unfavorably toward the king, but it was the word of the Lord. He did not tell the king what he thought the king wanted to hear, but he gave the king exactly what came from God. In chapter 4, as a matter of fact, Daniel told this heathen king that he would be driven to the fields to eat grass like the oxen until that king knew that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever that he will. Sure enough, it came to pass. The king of Babylon was driven from his throne and literally grew claws and, and, and grew fur like, a, like an animal and literally went to the field and ate grass like the oxen. There would be another king that would come later on following this king whose name was Belshazzar. And he was even more evil than King Nebuchadnezzar. In fact, he came along and he mocked God. He made fun of Jehovah. And he ended up one day seeing the finger of God writing on the wall. And they again brought Daniel in to bring the interpretation. What does that mean? What is the finger of God writing on the wall? And Daniel gave him the message of judgment. And once again, he never compromised the truth. And he told the king that judgment was coming to him because of his mockery of Jehovah. And he would die. And sure enough, he died that night tragically. So the second thing I want you to understand is that Daniel's conscience was clear 
because he was a man of godly moral character and he always stood for the truth. So the scripture tells us on one occasion he's promoted to be a president, a Jewish president, and yet in a Persian empire. And there was princes in that Persian empire that had to report to Daniel. And the Bible says that Daniel was preferred above the presidents and above the princes. And so these presidents and these other princes, they didn't care for that. They were jealous of Daniel, and so they tried to find occasion to accuse Daniel. But the scripture says they could find no fault in him, for he was faithful. Neither was there any error that was found inside of him. And so they devised what they thought was a very wise plan. They knew Daniel was a praying man, and three times a day he would go into his house he would, he, even though he was in Babylonian captivity, he would open the windows of where he was staying, the windows in the direction of Jerusalem, God's city. And three times a day, he would pray and give thanks before God. He would call upon the Lord all, every day, all day, three times a day. He would pray to the mountains of Jerusalem. He would pray toward the direction of the temple, toward this place in Israel. And so these evil, jealous princes decided they would put out a petition. And they put out this petition that said, let no man ask anything of God or man for 30 days and if they violate this law they will be thrown into the lion's den. King, if they are not asking anything from you, if they call upon any other God, then let them be thrown into the den of lions. I love this part. The Bible says when he knew that the decree was signed by the king he still went in morning, afternoon, and night. He got on his face. He opened the window toward Jerusalem and he continued to call upon the name of the Lord. He still called upon God as he looked toward the mountains of Jerusalem. He still could not, he could not see the temple of God, but he still prayed to the God of the temple. And so the third thing I would tell you today is that Daniel's conscience was clear because he prayed three times a day unto the Lord. Now I want to take a few moments here and I want to quickly review these and drive this point home. Number one, the reason why his conscience was clear was because he was separated from the world. Number two, the reason his conscience was clear because he was a godly man of moral character. And number three, the reason why his conscience was clear was because he was a man of prayer. And that's why he could make this declaration. God has shut the mouth of the lions so that I am not devoured because before the Lord, innocency has been found in me. Well, the Bible would tell us that the king had to honor the decree. He threw Daniel into the lion's den. He spent the night. He wouldn't have any meal or drink. He was worried about Daniel because Daniel was his friend. He had given honor to Daniel. And so he rushed down to the lion's den the next morning and he cried out and he said, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, is your God whom you serve 
continually able to deliver you from the lions. And I imagine his eyes got real big. He probably didn't go in there very optimistic. But then all of a sudden out of that dungeon, he heard a familiar voice. And that familiar voice says, O king, live forever. My God has sent an angel and shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before God innocency has been found in me and also before you king I have done no hurt now I have spent the first few minutes of this message kind of giving you a narrative but for the remainder of this message I want to give you some powerful spiritual truths some truths that we need to live by first of all I want you to know that the Bible tells us in Acts 24 16 the writer wrote these words and herein do I exercise myself to always have a conscience that is void of offense toward God and toward men hello there's a wake-up call here we're supposed to have a conscience that is clear today somebody say amen we're supposed to live with a conscience that is right before our creator and before our sustainer as a matter of fact in Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 the writer said do all things without murmuring and disputing that you may be found blameless and harmless the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in this world first Peter tells us they will speak evil of you they will even call you as evildoers but make sure whatever you do that you have a good conscience in other words live in it walk in it dwell in it and don't you look back I'm telling you God is looking for people that live with a clear conscience I know it's a diluted gospel era that we're living in I know that the Christianity of today is different even than it was 10 years ago and people think anything goes and God is so merciful I'm telling you right now God is still a holy and a just God and he's looking for people that live right before him that have a conscience that when you lay your head on the pillow at night you know you have lived pleasing unto the Lord I wish there was somebody in the house that would say amen God is still looking for people that live righteously and have a conscience that can validate that we are innocent before the Lord hallelujah now, friend, you have, to, you have to live with a clear conscience, and you have to do it in all areas. And you have to do it at all times because God sees everything, and God knows everything. Maybe you heard about the children that were lined up for lunch in the cafeteria of a religious school. And they were, as they were lined up for lunch at the head of the table, there was a large pile of apples and the teacher made a note, and this is what the note said. Take only one. God is watching. And so at the other end of the table, there was a large pile of chocolate chip cookies. And a young boy decided he would write his own note. And this is what he said. Take all you want because God is watching the apples. <laughs> Can I tell you God is watching the apples and the chocolate chip cookies? 
Or maybe you heard about the, the story of the shoplifter who wrote to the department store and said, I've just become a Christian and I cannot sleep at night because I feel guilty. So here's $100 that I owe you. Then he signs his name, and then a little postscript at the bottom, he adds, if I still cannot sleep, I'll send you the rest. <laughs> but I'm here today to preach to the Pulaski Church of God that you can sleep with the most ravenous lions when your heart is right with God. I'm here to preach to the Pulaski Church of God that you can walk through hell itself unharmed when your heart is completely right with God and you are under the covering of his grace and his mercy. I wish somebody would give a shout to the Lord because God even said, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies because your heart is right with me. Hallelujah. So the first truth I want to tell you, number one, is that the lion cannot devour you when you have a clear conscience. I want you to get that in your spirit. The lion cannot devour you when you have a clear conscience. Daniel was not worldly. Daniel lived with a consistent, godly, moral character. Daniel lived with a daily prayer-filled relationship with his heavenly father. And because of those three elements, again, he did not participate in the menu of the world. He was separated from the world because he was a godly, moral man who always stood for the truth. And because he was a man of prayer, it didn't matter because any of that didn't matter if there had been one lion or a hundred lions. He was spared from the devouring lions around him. Can I remind us here today what First Peter tells us? First Peter tells us, be sober and be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. I'm telling you, that devouring lion, the devil, he comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And as much as we've heard that verse, I think sometimes we miss, miss the next verse. Because the next verse in verse 9 of 1 Peter 5 says we're supposed to resist by being steadfast in the faith. Resist by being steadfast in the faith. In other words, once you find your faith, have your faith. Once you have your faith, live in your faith. Once you live in your faith, contend and protect your faith. You can live a day before the Lord and say, my heart is right. My conscience is clear. Therefore, I cannot be devoured by the enemy of my soul. I just felt a check in my spirit that there are people that live that call themselves believers but you live in fear of the enemy destroying you I'm telling you right now you have no reason to fear God's not given you a spirit of fear there is no way the devil can take you out because the reality is if your heart is right with God you're under his mercy you're under his grace you're under his protection and he will not allow the enemy to destroy you no man can pluck me out of the hand of God. There's not a principality under this world that can take me under because I am a child of the Most High God and I live daily for the Lord and therefore my heart and my 
conscience is clear before God Almighty. Well, praise the Lord. Listen, Psalms 26 and 6 says this. I will wash my hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord. You can live in innocence. You can live guilt-free. You can live with a pure conscience. Yes, people will understand you, and they will accuse you without knowing the facts. They'll accuse you outside the body of Christ. Hey, they'll accuse you inside the body of Christ. <laughs> they will be used by their current daddy, the devil, or their firm, former daddy, the devil. But praise God, when my conscience is clear, I'm unmoved. The devil ends up with lockjaw. <laughs> Smelling my presence, roaring about me but unable to bring any effect. <laughs> you see, when we look at that, this realization comes to us. Daniel wasn't, one, wasn't the one with the problem that night. The lions were. They paced back and forth with a human being sleeping right there in the middle of, of them, right under their nose. Seeing his flesh smelling his flesh, hearing his flesh. Historians report that normally there would be seven lions. And when somebody was going to be thrown into the lion's den, they would starve them for several days. And I guarantee you, those two jealous princes that wanted to destroy Daniel, they made sure those lions were starved and ready for a meal. But this is what I want you to get. The problem was not that they were not hungry. The problem was God had shut their mouths so they could not devour the man of God. <laughs> I don't understand everything about the presence of the enemy. But I know the presence of the enemy is real. Hey, let me tell you something. If Mark 1.13 is a powerful verse of Scripture. I want you to, I want you to hear what it says because I think I've read through it several times and missed it. So I, I want to take my time and I want, to, I want you to hear this. And Jesus was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan and was with the wild beast and the angels ministered unto him. Now, I want you to let that sink in. Sometimes you feel the angels. Sometimes you sense the wild beast. Hey, sometimes you can get both at the same time. If it's good enough for Jesus, trust me, friend, it'll be good enough for you. But if my conscience is clear, I'll sit with the ravenous lions if it's appointed unto me. 
But I know that they cannot devour me because the angels are there ministering unto me and I'm innocent before the Lord. Now, the the flip side is also true. Verse 24 of Daniel chapter 6 tells us that the enemies of Daniel, them and their families, when he was delivered, all of the ones that had plotted to destroy Daniel, them and their families were thrown into that same lion's den, and they were preyed upon before they ever reached the bottom. Daniel was not spared due to lack of appetite. The appetite was there. And I just sense in my spirit that if you're here today and you're playing the game and you're going through the motions, you're holding hands with the world, you've compromised your godly moral character, You have discontinued your prayer life with the Lord. Friend, the lion against your soul is wanting to devour you. You cannot take on the devil by yourself. You know in your heart and in your conscience only God can give the devil lockjaw. Only God can keep you safe. And that will only happen if your heart is innocent before the Lord. Man, that's good preaching. That's truth. Truth number two. The lion cannot even roar when you have a clear conscience. I don't even want to hear his roar. I know he's present. I know his little imps are are around trying to wreak havoc. I know that he tries to needle our thoughts, our minds. Maybe you never even considered this, but I believe that not only was their ravenous nature shut down, but I believe their roar was shut down as well. I do. I believe the only noise you heard out of those lines was they got so weary they started snoring because they were sleepy. They had no access to the man of God. They couldn't even roar and intimidate him. (laughs) See, I know that the devil cannot have me because I belong to the Lord. But when my heart is right and my conscience is clear, Even his roar is shut down. (laughs) Even his roar is shut down. I think we as believers, I think a lot of times we're intimidated by his roar. Because he is the accuser of the brethren. And if he'll show up 
with an audacious nerve before God as it relates to Job, one of the most righteous men you'll find in the Old Testament, he'll certainly show up to accuse us. The way he does it is he finds find someone that we have a lot of confidence in. And they have a weak moment. And something leaves here. Like the fangs of a viper, it sinks right into us. Because he's the accuser of the brethren. I had a woman tell me one time, said, I've got to get out of this town because too many people know about my past. She wasn't leaving because of a job. She wasn't leaving because God had directed her to go somewhere else. She was leaving because she was trying to outrun her past. Because a lot of times people want to bring up our past. That's just the roar of the lion. But the moment I gave my heart to Jesus, the moment, not a week later, not a month later, not a year later, not I had to work my way through the church and let everybody get to know the new person that I was, the moment I gave my heart to Jesus, the now moment, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Devil can't have you. And you don't even have to listen to him. Wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be crazy? It'd be crazy. Maybe we ought to try it. There'd be a whole lot more peace in the church. But wouldn't it be crazy if somebody wanted to come up and, and just needle you about your faults? And you just looked at him and you said like Jesus did to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Because all they want to do, all they want to do is bring up, they can't give up on what happened in your life six months ago or a year ago or 30 years ago. You were a drunkard. You were a drug addict. You, you were an adulterer. You slept around. You struggled with temptations. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If the closets were thrown open in this room of every person's past, it would drive all of us out of the room. But I'm here to tell you, there is therefore now no condemnation because you and I are in Christ Jesus. One of the greatest revelations God ever gave to me in the Word of God. was found not by what was present, but what was absent. I'll never forget it. 
It's found in Zechariah. The people of Israel, they're all corrupt. They're all in sin, all in idolatry. Even the priesthood is corrupt. And you go back and look it up, you'll, you'll read about a priest named Joshua. Not the Joshua from years earlier. But a priest named Joshua who represents the priesthood. And he's standing there before the Lord, and he's got on a filthy garment. And as he's standing there before the Lord, Satan is right there accusing him. Point that finger. There's them fangs again. Lord, I'm telling you, the priesthood is corrupt. I love what happens here, though. For the Bible says that the Lord commanded that his garment be taken off and a new garment be placed on his shoulders and a crown be placed upon his head. The filthy garment was removed. A robe of righteousness was placed around his shoulder. A crown was placed upon his head saying, I'm not giving up on the priesthood of my people. I still believe in them. I'm going to raise them up. I tell you, I looked at that for years. Year after year, I looked at it and said, man, what a wonderful testimony of grace and mercy. But I'm telling you what I get excited about. As soon as the robe of righteousness is put around Joshua's shoulder, all of a sudden Satan is conspicuously absent. You go back and read it for yourself. I tell you why that happened. I tell you when you come under the righteousness of Christ, the accuser of the brethren no longer has a platform in your life. I'm telling you, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You don't have to tolerate his roar in your life. Before God, innocency has been found in me. Am I perfect? No, absolutely not. But I know where my blood covering comes from. And the same blood that covers my sin. Like acid is to corrosion. Also cleanses me of my sin. bow your heads with me this morning. Father, in this room, there are people that are not innocent before you. Furthermore, their conscience is not, it's not clear before you. Oh, you're not ready to bring a hammer down on them. But you are here to convict them. You're not here to condemn them and destroy them and belittle them. But you are here to convict them. That's why you sent your Holy Spirit to convict of righteousness and temperance and judgment that is to come. That's what your, your words, Jesus, those were your words. 
said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. You, you're not here to destroy. That's, that's the job of the enemy. How well I remember those nights as a teenager when I laid my head on the pillow begging God, oh Lord, don't send your son back now. I'm not ready. Sometimes it would be difficult to drift off to sleep because the choices that I had made. Maybe that describes you today. Maybe the enemy is about ready to pounce. Maybe the roar is deafening as he tries to browbeat you with your faults and shortcomings and choices. It's time to shut the mouth of the lion. My God, my God. It's time to square up. Look old Lucifer square in his eyes and say, you know what? No more. No more. What I've got today, I'm putting it under the blood. And you will no longer be able to have access to me, to needle me, to persecute me. While every head's bowed and every eye's closed, and I promise I won't embarrass a soul. But if you have not, if you're still holding on to the world, if you're not living a godly, moral, character-filled life, if you're you have absolutely no prayer time. And you say, preacher, I need prayer. I'm just not, I'm not innocent today. I, I admit that. I'm not innocent today. No one looking around. All over this house, would you just slide your hand up? I need prayer. God bless that hand. You may lower it. Thank you. God bless the hand. Come on, is there others? Just raise your hand. God bless that hand. Is there others? God bless that hand. Hands are going up. Oh, Lord, don't let someone leave here. You may lower it. Thank you, sir. Don't let people leave here still guilt-ridden and listening to the taunts of a lion that wants to devour Could today be the day that you shut his mouth once and for all by surrendering completely to Jesus? You can't clean yourself. You can't wash yourself. You can't free yourself. But he whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. All over this sanctuary, I'm going to ask you to stand very quietly, very reverently. Please don't anyone leave right this moment. Please be reverent to the Holy Spirit. You that raised your hands and those that didn't, would you come down here and meet me? Would you come down here and meet me? Would you come down here and let me have prayer with you? Let, let me help you find your victory. Come on. Come on. I'm going to need some godly men and women to help me. Come on. 
Come on. Come on. Is there others? I want to be innocent before the Lord. I want to, I want to shut the mouth of the lion this morning once and for all. Once and for all. a believer and you say, you know that, man, I'm, I'm taunted. I'm taunted in my mind. I'm a child of God. I've been serving the Lord for months, for years, but I'm taunted. I live with taunts in my mind and I need God to completely heal me today. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. What innocency to be found in me. Oh, what innocency to be.